Well, hello, and welcome to episode 66 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. I have a question for you today. When does God give a government political ownership over moral and spiritual issues? Before I jump into what is my answer to that question, I'd like to remind you that this entire series is on Third Heaven Authority. Third Heaven Authority is the understanding of how to operate in the spiritual authority that Jesus Christ has purchased for us, has given unto us as the ecclesia, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as believers right now who have the ability for binding and loosing on the face of the earth, being ambassadors for heaven on the face of this planet. What are our responsibilities? Are they not to stand up by the word and the spirit in our position of authority and to decree a thing and watch it happen, come to pass? Is it not to uphold the will of our Father in heaven? Is it not to uphold what the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has purchased for us? Not only our own salvation and redemption in him, but what he wishes to happen on the face of the earth. He said in Matthew 28, all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and on earth. Therefore, you go. So the spiritual authority that has been placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, is not only in heaven, in the throne room, and around with all the angelic hosts and the affairs of heaven itself, but he is the head of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom is a compound word, meaning the king's domain. His domain is not only in heaven, but spiritually reaches all the way to the earth. He said, all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and on earth. On earth through the body of Christ. We are an extension of his kingdom. When we are saved, our spirits are regenerated. We are brought into the kingdom of God. And therefore, we serve him. We become the church, the ecclesia that he uses to administrate and to uphold all of his will on the face of the earth. And that's not only for getting other people saved, but it's also in making sure that righteousness and truth are administrated here. You know, the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our God. It is a process of redemption, not just for humanity, but eventually for the entire planet. That's where all of this is heading. So therefore, there is a spirit of redemption that we carry in the earth. And that spirit of redemption necessitates a spirit of authority. So therefore, God cares about humanity. He cares about our government even. There are many of you that may be listening who are outside of the United States. I love America. This is where I was born. This is where I was raised. You probably have the same kind of love for your nation wherever it is. And that nation may be even more anti-Christian 
may be more dominating of its citizens. It may even be more liberal than we are here. And you love your nation, and you want to see godliness prevail. God has a plan. He wants righteousness in your nation. So therefore, all of us on planet Earth who have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior are called to a place to where we not only share with others and get others born again and lead them into the kingdom, we not only live a righteous lifestyle, but we assume the responsibility of praying for our nation. And that prayer is not a religiousized, just, oh God, please, in some way, bless my nation. It is actually a call to stand up and to use that spiritual authority in bringing about changes in your nation. We know this for a number of reasons, but one of them is that in Scripture, the 10th chapter of Daniel describes the kind of spiritual warfare that was involved in the changing of a nation. Daniel had been praying, and it took 21 days for the angel, the messenger angel, to get to Daniel. And he said, I was sent with the answers that you had for the Jewish people because they were in Babylon. They were in captivity. They needed to be released. There was a, a nation change, a governmental change that was happening in that nation, and God was involved in it. The angel told him, I was sent on the first day, but it took me 21 days to get here because of the opposition in the spiritual realm. And then he said that Michael, the war angel, was actually sent to help him get through and to reach Daniel. But the important thing for us to understand is that God was involved in that governmental change because the princes of the spiritual realm over that nation were being removed. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, a scripture that probably all of us are very familiar with, Paul told Timothy, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And then he uh, includes, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So there is a prayer that we're supposed to be offering for all leaders. Now, this was not just governmental leaders. It's leaders in the church, leaders in the family. Uh, I covered all the basis as far as leadership goes to pray for those who are in leadership over you in all those realms, because the better it goes for them, the better it goes for us. Now, the question I have is that in line with my original question, is that when does God give government political ownership over moral and spiritual issues? His second question is 1 Timothy 2, a stand-down order? Is it for the church to sit back and pray a nice little prayer for those governmental authorities, for kings, etc., and then just watch and see what happens? 
and by whatever comes to pass, assume that that's God's will. It wasn't in Daniel's situation. God wanted that nation to be changed. It wasn't a sit back. It was spiritual warfare. There was so much going on. Now, I firmly believe that it was not a stand-down order to the church. I believe that God expects the church to rise up within any nation, and that is very important for us to understand, because right at this point, we're just a little over a week away from the 22, you know, 2022 midterm elections, and there's a lot at stake we're talking about the soul, the spiritual soul of our nation, because the ruling political spirit of Jezebel on the far left, along with her spirit of Antichrist, has gained so much inroad into the governance of our nation, the society of our nation, the culture of our nation. And God is not for that at all. It's not a wait and see what happens kind of thing. There is a call in the spirit to stand up against it. And when we stand up against it, we do it in prayer and we do it by our civil responsibilities, which would be, uh, I should say, civic responsibilities, which would be voting. I've been telling people all along that vote prophetically. How do you vote prophetically? Number one, you do it in the spiritual realm by issuing prayers and decrees and taking authority. And you do it with third heaven authority, rising up as an eagle in God, a spiritual warrior, searching the spirit of God. And from that position, heaven's viewpoint down, taking authority over those foul, wicked spirits that have invaded our nation. I've been doing that. I hope that you have been doing that. And not just from a religionism standpoint, sitting back and just thinking, well, God doesn't want us to be involved in politics. Because that gets back to my original question. I'll state it again. When does God give a government political ownership over moral and spiritual issues. Well, you say, well, what does that mean? It means this. When a government gets involved in issues that are moral and are spiritual, as far as the church is concerned, does it then remove them from the church's agenda and the authority that God has placed upon the church to bind and loose and to rid that kind of evil and wickedness from our society? Does it automatically make it political? Case in point, abortion. The government in the United States got involved heavily in the issue of abortion, which I personally believe is a form of Baalism, child sacrifice for religious pur purposes. And so if the government then decrees a law, does it then remove it from the church's obligation of confrontation and dealing with that wickedness and evil? And the same goes on with so many of the things that are happening in America right now, there's a lot of sin. There's lawlessness, sexual deviancy, gender manipulation. As I mentioned, the abortion issue, 
increase in occult and witchcraft, weaponizing of government agencies to control citizens, mocking God, attacking Christianity, and bringing all of these different issues into politics, the political framework or platform. And once it's there, then does the church say, oh, 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 I got to stand back. Now, now, God doesn't want us involved in politics, so I can't pray about that. I can't deal with that issue anymore. I just have to go with the government's leading. No, there is in America a separation of church and state for a couple of reasons. Number one is the founders specifically wanted the the state to stay out of the church and not control it. But it never intended for the church to stay out of the state and just let it be completely secular and devoid of spiritual conscience because the church is the conscience of the state. The state does not decree doctrine for the church, but the church provides the moral compass for the state. Therefore, we must do that and be involved to whatever degree individually that God has given us the responsibility to do so, or I should say the leadership of the Spirit of God in the way to get involved. At the very least, like I said earlier, the first part of voting prophetically is the decreeing and all the prayers and the binding and loosing in the spiritual realm. But then in the natural realm, the second part of that is casting your vote. The privilege of a believer being able to vote in a democratic society is astounding. Think about that. So many nations, they don't have that ability. And we must understand that we can't just sit back thinking that our vote doesn't matter. If you think your vote doesn't matter, it's because you don't understand spiritual principles. You're trying to judge the weight of your vote by what you think the outcome will be, and that's not the way that God looks at it. God says that if we are interceding and praying, that we need to put feet to our intercession. It's a spiritual principle. You got to follow it up. One of the things that Jesus did in illustrating that was when he talked to his disciples. He showed them the fields that are out there, wide unto harvest, all of humanity that needs a Savior. And he says, pray for them, pray for them. And as soon as he got them praying for it, because when you pray for something, it begins to lock your heart into that. It draws you into it. Then he said, now go into all the world and preach the gospel. So he got them praying for it, and then they had to put feet to the intercession and follow it up and go. The second part then of voting prophetically is to go and vote, and vote by faith. I mean, you you fill out your ballot, you do what's necessary, and at that point you go, and when you cast that ballot, you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, by faith and prophetically, I am releasing this 
vote into this system now. And I don't know exactly how God's going to do it all, but I know he's going to do it. And my vote makes a difference. And I release it by faith and it will follow up and cement all of my prayers and bring them into manifestation now. Hallelujah. See, that's the way a warrior does it. That's the way a prophet does it. It's a spiritual dynamic that's being released through a natural, physical casting of a vote. I had an experience about a week ago that I want to share with you. I had the occasion of being able to, during some doing some exercises, I had a vision. And the Lord just brought this vision right before me. I saw a man exercising, kind of humorous. While exercising, I had a vision of a man exercising. But God was taking opportunity to relay something to me. And as I watched this man exercising, he was lifting weights, he was doing various exercises. My vision then went right below his skin, and I could see his muscles, and his muscles were working. And they were pushing against the resistance, lifting the weights. And I could see those muscles straining and starting to just slightly tear. Now, the reason I knew about this is because, so oh, probably 30 years ago or so, uh, I personally was in a gym and had a weight trainer. And in the process, the weight trainer, he asked me right off the, the, out of the front, out of the gate, he said, do you want to just tone muscle or do you want to build muscle? And so I said, well, probably a little of both. He said, let me explain the process. Toning muscle is when you exercise to the point that you don't push it further than you need to. And when you do that, you'll drop fat, you'll tone up the muscle, you'll look sleek, things will be good for you. But if you want to build muscle, we have to push you past that point because you can only build muscle when you push the muscle to the point that the strenuous activity causes micro tears in the muscle. Then the body, particularly if you take a lot of protein while doing it, comes in and repairs that tear by adding muscle. And he said, that's the process of building muscle. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he said, do you want to tone or do you want to build? I said, well, I want to do both. I do want to have a little more muscle. And so while I was watching this vision in front of me, I was reminded of that. I, I remembered it and, and I could see this happening. But then the voice of the Lord broke through in the vision. And he said these words, evil that is not resisted remains to be an equal opponent. So you never get bigger than it. He said, just as physical exercise strengthens muscles through the resisting and pushing against opposing forces, to morally and spiritually resist evil will make you stronger. It places evil under your feet. He went on. Resisting evil is a choice. It requires as much thought, time, and energy to choose to do nothing 
as it does to choose to do something. But when you choose to take a stand, I stand with you, and heaven is on your side. Then he said, there is much evil in American society and government. My church must choose to stand against it, resisting it through all godly means. And I'm, I caught that, godly means, because there are ungodly, fleshly, soulish means. You got to do it by the Spirit, both in the spiritual and in the natural realms. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then he finished it by saying, stand up, speak up, move up in the Spirit. It's an imperative for third heaven warriors to take a stand. Remember Ephesians 6? Having done all to stand, stand therefore. The Amplified Version brings out the Greek text a little bit better in saying, having done all to stand, all that is required in the evil of the day. Then stand there, knowing that you make a difference. It's important for us to take a stand. The Lord then spoke to me a little while later, and he reminded me of Mark 9. There's a story there where Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he was being transfigured, became phosphorus white, uh, the glory of God. It's a wonder. And he came down to the bottom of the mountain after it was over. And there his disciples were all caught up in some carnal affairs simply because they were trying to deal with things their flesh couldn't handle at that particular point. And it was over a boy that the father had brought to them. The boy had seizures, some other conditions, says that he was mute, couldn't speak, and that the disciples were unable to cast the spirit out and to get the boy healed. So Jesus, after this wonderful experience, now having to deal with these fleshly things, uh, he rebuked them for their lack of faith. So it was an issue of lack of faith. One of the things that I've been telling people a lot recently, under inspiration of the Lord, is that we need to know how to deal with things that our flesh cannot handle. And the only way we can do that is realizing that if we attempt to come up against any situation personally or even uh, in our city or our nation and attempt to do it purely by the flesh, our own body, our own intellect, our own soul, uh, that we won't get the job done because that's not the way God created us. He created us to operate from the inside out, from the spirit man out. It's a spiritual thing. So he tells them it's because of their lack of faith. He's upset with them. Then he says, this kind comes not out, but by prayer and fasting. Now, it wasn't the physical act of prayer and fasting that drove the spirit out. You know, demons don't care if you go hungry. No, never mind to them. But what happens is that when we do things like prayer and fasting to raise up and strengthen our spirit man so it gains the ascendancy over the flesh and the soul, that's where faith comes from. And that faith is what drives out the demonic. But here's what the Lord told me. 
and reminded me, he said, look at verses 26 and 27. And so I did and said, then the spirit, when Jesus confronted it, cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And the Lord said, notice that. First of all, the demon cried out. He made a noise. He resisted. And then he convulsed him. Now, that looked to the father and to the disciples and those that were around just like nothing had happened up to that point. What was the difference between what the Spirit was doing right there than what he had done all of the times preceding that? It looked the same. The demon was acting up on its way out. And that's what the Lord was trying to get across to me. He said, you will notice that as you are praying for your nation and as you are resisting evil, that they will manifest on their way out. When you see the manifestation of those demonic spirits, their cries, their screams, all of the things they try to do to stop it, you know, it's just like when Jesus, who was pure love, went to the area of Gadara, there was that Gadarene demoniac, the one who was demon-possessed, with a legion. And all Jesus did is set foot on the shore, and that demon came running up and saying, what are you going to do to us, Jesus? You've come to torment us before our time. There was a manifestation of that demon. And then, of course, Jesus cast him out, went into the swine. My point is that love and authority and power all work and demons manifest on their way out. It convulsed him. There's going to be a lot of not only screaming and crying out, and in the Greek, this, this term crying out actually means a deep, guttural scream and cry, something demonic and weird. You're going to see that in America because during this election, there's a turnaround. The Lord already told me that there is a tear in the second heaven and these demonic strongholds are beginning to crumble and there will be a turnaround during this time. And in this turnaround, things are going to start going back in the right direction. We are taking America back. We are resisting evil in our nation. And we are releasing righteousness into our nation. And the Restoration of righteousness restores healing and prosperity and the goodness of God and covenant fulfillment that was established with our founding fathers. Good things are happening. So don't expect that right initially that Jezebel, Antichrist, all these other spirits, socialism, communism, secularism, you know, all of the uh, high places and the prophets of Baal, uh, prophets of, of Jezebel are just going to shut up. They're going to scream. They're going to convulse. 
but their power is being taken from them. They are coming out in that sense. So we can rejoice in that. We are holding up the blood of Jesus, his covenant with our nation. The enemy has brought on earth as it is in hell, and we, the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the lion's army, are now bringing on earth as it is in heaven. I encourage you to keep standing, to vote in this election, and watch the power of God. There is a miracle at hand. The heavens are tearing, and God is going to manifest his kingdom. I love you. I bless you. I pray for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, please, the anointing, Lord God, upon your people. Heal, strengthen, prosper, passion in their hearts, authority released to change this nation. In Jesus' name. Join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, take your stand. Walk in third heaven authority.